Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. Would you like to be more effective in your prayers? Not just to go through the motions, not just the routine of it, to actually pray and witness answers to prayer. We're in Acts chapter 12, and uh, we're studying Peter's deliverance from prison, and it all came because of prayer. I like what Bunyan said. He said, we can do more than pray after we have prayed, but we can do nothing until we have prayed. Let me read to you the, the rest of the story where we left off yesterday. Acts chapter 12, verse 12 says, And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. Dear Lord, give us many, and let it start with someone. Verse 13, And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken, named Rhoda, and when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said that it's his angel. But Peter continued knocking. And when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. You know, it's interesting. There are two responses when the answer to prayer showed up. One was joy. Remember what Jesus said, ask and receive that your joy may be full. There's no joy like seeing God answer your prayers and seeing God at work. The other is astonishment. And, you know, it's bad when we actually are praying and don't actually expect the answer to prayer. Are you believing God to answer your prayer? Or are you going to be an astonished prayer if God shows up and the Lord actually does what you're asking him to do? Verse 17, but he beckoning unto them with a hand to hold their peace declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. So I ask you, would you like to see the answer to prayer? Think what would have been missed if they had not been in the place of prayer. Now think what Rhoda got to witness because she was in the place of prayer. Would you like to pray and see answers to prayer? Would you like to have that kind of testimony? Would you like to be able to go tell others what God is doing? All right, then you must become more effective in your prayer. I quoted yesterday from James, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. All right, so what does that effectual prayer look like? Well, I believe these elements of effective prayer are actually given to us right in the story. Look again at Acts chapter 12 and verse number 5. It's so simple, but so profound. The Bible says, Peter therefore was kept in prison. Okay, so here's the problem. Here's what they're praying for and who they're praying for. And then here's the rest of the verse. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Look at all those parts. Look at all the elements of effective prayer. First of all, there's faith, because the Bible says, but... Yes, Peter's in prison. Yes, James is dead. Yes, uh, the political climate is bad. Yes, Herod is hateful. Yes, yes, yes. But 
What is that word? It's a word of faith. We have to believe God is greater. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So, uh, look, friends, the, the culture around us is not as great as the Christ within us. And if you measure your faith by what you can see, you've missed it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There must be faith in our prayer. Have faith in God. Then there must be labor in prayer because the Bible says, but prayer was made. It didn't just happen. They put forth effort and energy. They took the initiative. Uh, they, they didn't just wait for some spontaneous thing to go on. No, they made their prayer to the Lord. Apply yourself. Work at it. It will cost you something. In fact, real prayer at times can be refreshing and exhausting at the same time. So there must be faith, there must be labor, and then there must be faithfulness because the Bible says, but prayer was made without ceasing. This is interesting, an interesting phrase because in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, the Bible says pray without ceasing. They just did what God said. It's the only thing we're told to do in Scripture without ceasing. And why is that? Because really all of our failures are prayer failures. Well, Dr. John Rice used to say that. And when you pray like you ought to, God will help you with the rest. But if you fail to pray, then you're not living in the presence of God. So let's begin to pray, and then let's continue to pray. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Ask and seek and knock. There must be faith. There must be labor. There must be faithfulness. And then I love this. Uh, there must be agreement. The Bible says, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church. Uh, so we get others to agree in prayer with us. Uh, we're, we're praying with one another and for one another. And there's a great confidence that grows out of that. Uh, because we know we're, we're laboring together in prayer. We're all coming to the throne of grace together. We're concentrating our prayers on something. Get you a prayer partner. Join a prayer group. Begin one if there's not one to join. But find a group of fellow believers and friends that you can be accountable to, uh, that you can encourage, and they can encourage you and pray together. So there is faith and there is labor, there is faithfulness, there is agreement. Don't miss this. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God. Why would it say unto God? Because many of our prayers are not to God. Now let that sink in just a moment. Many of our prayers are just to appease our conscience, to go through the motions. Many of our prayers are manward. So often in public prayers, we're more consumed with what others hear us say than really being heard of God. We're more concerned about how it sounds to everybody else than it really being heart-level praying. Notice the direction of true prayer. It must always be Godward. I'm not praying for you to listen in. If you want to pray with me, pray with me. But I'm talking to God. You want to talk to God today? Talk to him. Send your prayers heavenward. And then I love this. The Bible says that prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God. And here's the last element, for him. It was specific. They weren't just praying for Herod to be removed. They weren't just praying for a better climate for the Christian faith. They weren't just praying that they could be delivered from their fears. They were praying for specific, definite deliverance for Simon Peter. And guess what? They saw a definite answer to prayer. Ye have not because ye ask not. Now, I would also point out to you that their specific prayer was not for themselves. It was for others. It was intercessory prayer. 
they were praying for God's servant. They were praying for God's work. They were praying for the advancement of God's word in this world. These are all elements of effective prayer. So if you want to live in the closing verses of this story, go back and live in this verse. Take Acts chapter 12 and verse number 5 today as your prayer verse for this day. Get on your knees with an open Bible, this verse in front of you, and just walk through it. Pray your way through the verse, and then let this verse guide and guard your prayers today. Use it as a template for your prayers. Uh, Ask the Lord to, to show you. Take the spiritual test of how truly effective your prayers are. By the grace of God, let's all do a better job of seeking the Lord while he may be found and calling on him while he's near. He said, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. If you don't believe me, let Peter testify. Let Rhoda testify. Let the early church testify. And then let's seek the Lord as they did, and friends, we'll have something to testify about as well. Father, help us in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit today to be more effective in our prayers. Lord, teach us to pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment, and we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before he ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why enjoying the journey exists to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey, but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ.